Well, hello and welcome to Faith Life 365, episode number 20. My name is Tim Hardison, and we are talking about hindrances to our faith. Now, if you missed past uh, episodes, you can go back, listen, and get caught up with us. Also, visit our website at www.faithlife365.org. Now, in this episode, we're going to talk about how not understanding our rights to use the name of Jesus is a hindrance to our faith. Now, let's pray and get started here. Father God, we come before you now in the name of the Lord Jesus. Father, we, we thank you and praise you as always. We, we just thank you for the many blessings that you've poured upon us. Father, we pray now that you would open our eyes, Lord, that we may see, open our ears, that we may hear. Give us knowledge, wisdom, and understanding. Grow our faith as we read and study your word. In Jesus' name, amen. All right. When I think about the name of Jesus, I always I go back to a song, and I apologize to start with with you, but it's Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. There's just something about that name. Master, Savior, Jesus, like the fragrance after the rain. Jesus, 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 let all heaven and earth proclaim. Kings and kingdoms will all pass away, but there's just something about that name. Yeah, now I know you might have your dogs howling in the background, and I apologize for starting off singing that way, but uh, that's words from the song, There's Just Something About That Name, and it's, it was written by uh, Bill and Gloria Gaither. And uh, if, you've, if you're not familiar with the song, uh, look that up. You can find it on, on YouTube, I'm sure. You can, you can find it probably some other places, but uh, give that song a listen by, by a real singer and I think you'll be blessed by it. So, what is the name of Jesus that makes it so special? I mean, what does the name of Jesus mean to those of us who've accepted Jesus as our Lord and Savior? Where did the name Jesus come from? In Hebrew, it is Yeshua. Yeshua means to rescue, to save, to deliver. If we look at Luke chapter 1, verses 26 through 38. This is the English Standard Version. It says, In the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth, to a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph, of the house of David. And the virgin's name was Mary. And he came to her and said, Greetings, O favored one. The Lord is with you. But she was greatly troubled at the saying and tried to discern what sort of greeting this might be. And the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. And the Lord God will give to him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and of his kingdom there will be no end. The name Jesus, Yeshua, came directly from God. See, God named his son. Jesus was not conceived of man, see, but of the Holy Spirit of God. Luke chapter 1, verse 34 through 38, New Living Translation. And we're continuing 
on with the story. Mary asked the angel, but how can this be? I'm a virgin. The angel replied, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the baby to be born will be holy and he will be called the Son of God. What's more, your relative Elizabeth has become pregnant in her old age. People used to say she was barren, but she has conceived a son and is now in her sixth month. For the word of God will never fail. Mary responded, I am the Lord's servant. May everything you have said about me come true. And then the angel left her. Now let's read further of, of uh, what Apostle Matthew wrote. In Matthew chapter 1, verses 21 through 23, the English Standard Version, She will bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had spoken by the prophet. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which means God with us. Now, we have barely started looking at the name Jesus, Yeshua. And what do we already know? The name means to rescue, to save, to deliver. The Son of the Most High, Emmanuel, God with us. He will be great, and the Lord God will give to him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and of his kingdom there will be no end. Hebrews chapter 1. This is the New Living Translation. And yes, I did say chapter 1. We're going to read the chapter. Long ago, God spoke many times and in many ways to our ancestors through the prophets. And now in those final days, He has spoken to us through His Son, God promised everything to the Son as an inheritance, and through the Son, He created the universe. The Son radiates God's own glory and expresses the very character of God, and He sustains everything by the mighty power of His command. When He had cleansed us from our sins, He sat down in the place of honor at the right hand of the majestic God in heaven. This shows that the Son is far greater than the angels, just as the name God gave him is greater than their names. For God never said to any angel what he said to Jesus, You are my Son. Today I have become your Father. God also said, I will be his Father and he will be my Son. And when he brought his supreme Son into the world, God said, Let all of God's angels worship him. Regarding the angels, he says, He sends his angels like the winds, his servants, like flames of fire. But to the Son, he says, Your throne, O God, endures forever and ever. You rule with a scepter of justice. You love justice and hate evil. Therefore, O God, your God has anointed you, pouring out the oil of joy on you for more than anyone else. He also says to the Son, In the beginning, Lord, you laid the foundation of the earth and made the heavens with your hands. They will perish, but you remain forever. They will wear out like old clothing. You will fold them up like a cloak and discard them like old clothing. But you are always the same. You will live forever. And God never said to any of the angels, Sit in the place of honor at my right hand until I humble your enemies, making them a footstool under your feet. Therefore, angels are only servants, spirits sent to care for the people who will inherit salvation. <clears throat> there is so much in this chapter to unpack. I mean, God promised everything to Jesus as an inheritance. Do you know who your big brother is? Do you know you've been made joint heirs with Jesus? 
this chapter, it jumps back and forth from the beginning of time to the end of time. It tells us that before coming to earth in the flesh, Jesus created the universe, the heavens and the earth. Jesus radiates God's glory and expresses the very character of God. Jesus sustains everything by the mighty power of God's command. After Jesus came to earth as man, he died on the cross, became the curse for us, was made sin for us, defeated Satan, death, hell, and the grave. He sat down in the place of honor at the right hand of the majestic God in heaven. And by the way, he took the keys to death and hell back with him. God said that the Son is far greater than the angels, and the name of God, or the name that God gave him, is greater than their names. Not only is Jesus greater than all the angels, God said, let all of God's angels worship him. Wow. I mean, can it get any better? Can it get any more powerful? God's told all the angels to worship him. Philippians chapter 2 and verse 9, this is the New Living Translation. Therefore, God elevated him to the highest place of honor, or the place of highest honor, and gave him the name above all other names, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue declare that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. At the name of Jesus every knee should bow, not just on the earth, but in the heavens and hell or, or under the earth. I ask you, is there any mightier name? That's not to bow in Jesus' presence or to bow in God's presence. This is at the name of Jesus every knee should bow. This is at the mentioning of the name of Jesus every knee should bow. The name of Jesus carries the full power of God Almighty. Now, what did Jesus say about the use of his name? Let's go to John chapter 14, verses 12 through 14. This is the English Standard Version. He says, Truly, truly, I say to you, whoever believes in me will also do the works that I do, and greater works than these will he do, because I am going to the Father. Whatever you ask in my name, this I will do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you ask me anything in my name, I will do it. John chapter 16, verses 23 through 24, English Standard Version. In that day, you will ask nothing of me. Truly, truly, I say to you, whatever you ask of the Father in my name, he will give it to you. Until now, you have asked nothing in my name. Ask and you will receive that your joy may be full. Notice Jesus didn't say whatever you have faith for. He didn't say, you know, whatever you're believing for. Jesus said, whatever you ask the Father in my name, he will give it to you. In legal terms, Jesus has given us the power of attorney to use his name. After Jesus was resurrected, he appeared to the disciples, and then he gave them the Great Commission. Let's look at that. Matthew chapter 28, verses 16 through 20, English Standard Version. Now the eleven disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain to which Jesus had directed them. And when they saw him, they worshipped him. But some doubted. And Jesus came and said to them, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. 
Mark chapter 16, verse 15 through 18, English Standard Version. And he said to them, Go into all the world and proclaim the gospel to the whole creation. Whoever believes and is baptized will be saved, but whoever does not believe will be condemned. And these signs will accompany those who believe in my name. In my name, they will cast out demons. They will speak in new tongues. They will pick up servants, serpents with their hands, and they will drink any deadly poison, and it will not hurt them. They will lay their hands on the sick, and they will recover. See, I, I want to make a special note of the fact that, that Jesus said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. He also said, Whoever believes. He did not say his words only applied to the disciples. He then goes on to say, And these signs will accompany those who believe. In my name they will. See, Jesus gave power of attorney to use his name, the name of Jesus, to all who believe and accept him as Lord and Savior. What authority comes with the use of Jesus' name? All authority in heaven and on earth. So in case you missed that, Jesus, who sits on the throne at the right hand of God Almighty, who has been given all authority in both heaven and earth, he gave us, believers, Christians, full authority to use his name, the name that is above all names, the name Jesus. When you use the name of Jesus, you are speaking with all authority in heaven and earth. The full power, might of Almighty God is backing you. When Jesus walked the earth, his name was mighty. I mean, we know, you know, Jesus performed many wonders and many miracles when he walked on the earth. Let's look at Mark chapter 9, verses 38 through 39 in the New Living. John says to Jesus, Teacher, we saw someone using your name to cast out demons, but we told him to stop because he wasn't in our group. Don't stop him, Jesus said. No one who performs a miracle in my name will soon be able to speak evil of me. Anyone who is not against us is for us. If anyone gives you even a cup of water because you belong to the Messiah, I tell you the truth, that person will surely be rewarded. See, the, the disciples saw someone, they didn't know who it was, they just saw someone casting out demons in the name of Jesus. The demons left because they knew the name of Jesus. Jesus had not even died or been resurrected at this point. But the, the demons, they knew the name of Jesus, and they obeyed. So remember Mark 16, uh, verses 17, Jesus said, And these signs will accompany those who believe in my name. They will cast out demons. The use of the name of Jesus is not limited to the disciples and the apostles. So whoever this person was that was casting out the demons in the name of Jesus had to truly believe the word he had heard Jesus teaching and that Jesus was the Messiah. I mean, Jesus had not been reborn at this time. He had not yet taken his seat at the right hand of God, yet his name carried power and might. Imagine how much more power that that name carries now that Jesus has conquered death, hell, and the grave. Now that God has given Jesus all authority in heaven and earth, our first examples we find in the book of Acts, Acts uh, chapter 3, verses 1 through 8. This is the English Standard Version. 
Now, Peter and John were going up to the temple at the hour of prayer, the ninth hour. And a man lame from birth was being carried, whom they laid daily at the gate of the temple that is called the beautiful gate to ask alms of those entering the temple. Seeing Peter and John about to go into the temple, he asked to receive alms or for a gift. And Peter directed his gaze at him, as did John, and said, Look at us. And he fixed his attention on them, expecting to receive something from them. But Peter said, I have no silver or gold, but what I do have I give to you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. And he took him by the right hand and raised him up, and immediately his feet and ankles were made strong. And leaping up, he stood and began to walk and entered the temple with them, walking and leaping and praising God. Peter did not ask the man, uh, Sir, do you believe in Jesus? Peter did not ask the man if he had faith to be healed. Peter didn't pray a prayer and lay hands on the crippled man. Peter boldly said, In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. Then he grabbed the man by the hand and lifted him up. Was faith involved? Yes, certainly faith was involved. Peter had full and complete faith that Jesus meant what he said and that he could and would do what he said he would do when he told them to go forth and use his name. See, Peter knew in his heart that he had the full authority of Jesus and God behind him. He knew that Jesus would be with us, with him too, to the end of the ages. Look at what Peter said to the multitudes who gathered around amazed at the miracle that had been performed. We find this in Acts chapter 3, verses 9 through 16, New Living Translation. All the people saw him walking and heard him praising God. When they realized he was the lame beggar they had seen so often at the beautiful gate, they were absolutely astounded. They all rushed out in amazement to Solomon's colonnade, where the man was holding tightly to Peter and John. Peter saw his opportunity and addressed the crowd. People of Israel, he said, why is it so surprising? Or what is so surprising about this? And why stare at us as though we had made this man walk by our own power or godliness? For it is the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the God of all our ancestors, who brought glory to this servant or to his servant, Jesus, by doing this. This is the same Jesus whom you handed over and rejected before Pilate. Despite Pilate's decision to release him, you rejected this holy, righteous one and instead demanded the release of a murderer. You killed the author of life, but God raised him from the dead. And we are witnesses of this fact. Through faith in the name of Jesus, this man was healed. And you know how crippled he was before. Faith in Jesus' name has healed him before your very eyes. Peter was referring to the fact that it was his faith in Jesus' name that healed the man. It had to be Peter's faith in Jesus' name. The crippled man wasn't asked about faith or Jesus. Peter just boldly proclaimed, In the name of Jesus, rise up and walk, and he was instantly healed. The book of Acts is full of miracles performed by the apostles in the name of Jesus. People were healed of all sorts of sicknesses, illnesses, diseases. The lame were made to walk. People were raised from the dead, all in the name of Jesus. Colossians chapter 1, verse 3 of the English Standard Version, and it says, 
And whatever you do in word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. We, as the church, the ecclesia, have to take hold and apply in our lives the full understanding of the power and authority that we have been given in the name of Jesus, just as we have to get it deep in our spirits that we have been made the righteousness of God. We also have to get it deep in our spirits that we have been given the full authority to use the name of Jesus. We have to fully embrace the name of Jesus and all that comes with that wonderful, mighty, and powerful name. We have to have faith that the name Jesus has just as much power and authority today as it had when the apostles used it. He is the same yesterday, today, and forever. God gave the name Jesus, Yeshua, to his son, a name above all names, both in heaven and in earth. The angels are called to worship Jesus. Satan, death, and the grave have been conquered. Jesus rose up in victory over them. Jesus holds the keys to death, hell, and the grave. Colossians chapter 2 and verse 15 of the Amplified. When he had disarmed the rulers and authorities, those supernatural forces of evil operating against us, he made a public example of them, exhibiting them as captive, or captives in his triumphal procession, having triumphed over them through the cross. Jesus made a show of them after after he was raised. Satan and all of his demons, they fear the name of Jesus. They've already been defeated by him. Never forget that every knee shall bow and every tongue confess that Jesus is Lord in heaven, in earth, and under the earth. The name of Jesus holds all the power and authority of God. Let that get down in your spirit. Let that sink deep down into your spirit that Jesus has given you power of attorney to use that name, just as if he were standing there himself. Jesus gave us authority and power of attorney to use his name, and he fully expects us to use his name and to fulfill the great commission that he gave us. See, when you get it deep down in your spirit and you believe and you have faith that the name of Jesus is yours to use, and that it has the full authority and power of Almighty God behind it. There's nothing you can't do in that name. You will cast out demons, you will heal the sick, and remove mountains by speaking the mighty name of Jesus over them. But you have to believe it. You have to have faith in it. Without that, it's just a name to us. Let it get deep into your spirit what the name of Jesus means, your right and authority to use it. I want to encourage you to find and read a book. It's called The Wonderful Name of Jesus. Uh, This is a book written by E.W. Kenyon. This was written, uh, I I didn't see the date, but E.W. Kenyon was late 1800s, early 1900s. I think he might have passed in the 1930s. Uh, this is a powerful book on the name of Jesus. You can find it on Amazon or by going to www.kenyons.org, and that's is spelled uh, K-E-N-Y-O-N-S.org. And I'll tell you, you read this book that was written so far or so far back, and you would think that he was standing here today in present times. And we are out of time. Now, in episode 21... 
we will talk about how our faith is hindered by not acting on the Word. So I want you to be sure to join me for episode 21. Thank you for listening today. May God bless you and keep you today and every day as we grow in faith and live the faith life 365 days per year.